0: Of God and and the bigness of God the size of God is clear throughout the scriptures but one of the clearest places we see it is in Isaiah chapter 66 Isaiah 66 verse 1 it says thus saith the Lord The heaven is thy throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye builded unto me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things hath mine hand made, and all those things hath been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look even to him that is of poor and contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. We serve a big God. And because God is so big, that means there is nothing too big for him. There's no problem we face, there's no burden we deal with, there's no trial we're going to have to go through that is too big for God to take care of, that is too big for God to see us through and and, and help us as we get through these trials. It's easy to get bogged down in our circumstances. It's easy to be overwhelmed by our trials, but there is nothing too big for God. One way that we see the bigness of god demonstrated in the scriptures is through the miracles that jesus performed while he was on earth and last week we gave a definition of miracles and i kind of want to remind you about each week so here's what we're saying a miracle is miracles are the extraordinary power of god released in our ordinary lives so we've been looking at four new testament miracles of jesus that when jesus was on earth he released his extraordinary power into the ordinary lives of people recorded in scriptures and what the wonderful thing about this study is is as we study the scriptures and we see the miracles that jesus did it doesn't just show us what jesus did but it shows us what jesus can do because god's not changed His power is not diminished today. He's not weaker today than he was 2,000 years ago as he walked on the earth. So if Jesus performed miracles when he was on earth, he can do it in our lives today as well. So now we're going to not looking at how, I want to remind you, we're not looking at how we can manipulate God to give us a miracle. We We can't manipulate God to make him get on our agenda. But I want to see characteristics of people that... When Jesus released his extraordinary power in their lives, they were ready and in a position to receive it. I want us to see these characteristics so we can be in a place where if God, by his sovereign will, decides to give us a miracle, we're in a position where we can receive the miracle he has for us. So last week, the characteristic we looked at that we need to have if we're going to be prepared to receive a miracle of God was we have to have desperate faith. We have to be, have desperate faith to, to want God and plead for God to do a miracle in our life. Today, we're going to look at the characteristic of total surrender. So look at your Bibles in John chapter 6, starting in verse number 1. <clears throat> Bible says, After these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover feast of the Jews was nigh. And when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw the great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And and this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him and said, 200 pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath 5 barley loaves and 2 small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men to sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he disputed, uh, distributed the loaves to, to the disciples, distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of five barley loaves, which remained over and over and above unto them which had eaten. So, of course, this is the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. This is the only miracle of Jesus that he performed on earth that's recorded in all four Gospels. And so it's a pretty important miracle event that happened in the lives of of the disciples while they were there it made a very uh, huge impact on their lives but as we study these verses i want to show us four lessons that we can learn how we can know and how we can get ourselves into a place where we are able to have absolute surrender to god so before we get into those lessons and before we see these points i want to ask you a question And I'm going to ask you again at the end of the service. I don't want anybody answering out loud. This isn't a, you know, I don't want answers. Nobody raised their hand here. I want you to just answer for yourselves. Here's the question I want you to answer for yourself. Am I willing to surrender all that I have to God and trust him with the outcome? Are you willing to surrender everything you have to God and trust him with the outcome? Now, think about what God has given you. Think about what the lord's blessed you with he's given you your health he's given you your finances he's given you your spouse he's given you your kids he's given you your freedom your will your desires your talents everything you have has been given to you by god and are you willing to give it all to him to surrender everything to him and trust him with the outcome so how do we see if we can have this this total surrender how can we see if we are able and how can we learn to have absolute surrender we're four lessons we learn from the this these uh verses tonight first lesson god's activity is not limited by my resources verse number three here tells us that jesus had gone up with his disciples into a mountain and they go up on a mountain and they sit down. And we don't know really what they're doing there. We don't know if they're, they're just sitting down having a conversation, if they're taking a nap or taking a rest or whatever. But him and his disciples are up on this mountain and they're, they're just sitting around. And all of a sudden, Jesus looks out and he sees this large crowd coming unto him. He sees a, a lot of people coming to him. And when he sees the crowd, he asks Philip a, a crazy question. And it's crazy because of the size of the crowd. You know, the, the Bible tells us here that there were 5,000 men. Other gospel accounts were 5,000 men, including their wives and children. Many theologians believe that this crowd that is coming to Jesus on this hillside is anywhere between fifteen to 25,000 people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people to take care of. That's a lot of people to feed. Even if it was just 5,000 people. 5,000 people is a lot of people to feed. But we're talking about up to 25,000 people coming unto Jesus. And Jesus looks at Philip and says, Philip, what do you think it would take to feed all those people? Now, I don't know if if the disciples thought this was a rhetorical question. It's like a riddle. But he asked, Philip, what what do you think it would take to feed all these people? So Philip, he starts to try to figure out the problem. He's like, "Well, let's, let's let's figure this thing out. Let's logic this thing and see what it would take to come up with a problem with a solution." So, him and the disciples get together and they come up with a couple solutions. One option they come up with is just send everybody home. Let them go home and eat themselves. We can't feed them. I bet they got food at their house, so let them go eat their own food. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter 14. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a desert place and time has now passed. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. So Jesus says, Philip, what do you think it would take to feed all these people? Philip says, Let them go eat themselves. Let them, there's a McDonald's on the way. They can stop and get them something to eat. We don't got to take care of them. They're all capable adults who can feed themselves. They've been doing it their whole lives. Let them take care of themselves. Another option they come up with was to buy food for all the people but this option was really more to prove a point that it couldn't be done. Philip says in John chapter in verse number 7, Philip answered him and said 200 pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. Now when he says 200 pennyworth he literally means 8 months worth of salary is not enough to feed all these people. So think of how much money you make. 8 months of your salary and you still can't feed all these people. So Philip wasn't really giving... Because, you know, they, they, they're ministries, so they don't have any money. They're broke. The offerings have been pretty pathetic during the time. So they're like, we, the offerings have been bad. We don't have it in the budget, Jesus. There's no way financially for us to buy enough food to feed all these people. Look what John MacArthur said about this. He goes, Jesus was not trying to discover what Philip was thinking since he already knew that. Nor did he need Philip's input to help him formulate a plan. He knew that Philip knew of no place to get bread and had no plan to provide it. The Lord's purpose in questioning Philip was to test him, for he himself knew what he was intending to do. It had nothing to do with buying bread. As he does with all his people, the Lord posed the dilemma as a way of testing the disciples to strengthen their faith. So they come up with a couple options, send them home well we could buy them all bread but we don't have the money to do that there's no way for us to financially take on that burden then they come up with another option and this one comes from Andrew Andrew goes through the crowd looking for you know asking people hey you have anything to eat you have anything to eat you got anything you know he's just asking people randomly do you have anything to eat and he finally comes up with a little boy who has some food this little boy had a small lunch this boy basically had a happy meal he had five little barley loaves and a couple fish this is not a huge meal. This is a snack. This, is, this isn't even going to satisfy Jesus. But he goes to the crowd. He finds this little boy. And he, he finds his lunch. And he brings it to Jesus. In verse number 8. There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what is so much? But what are they among so many? So Andrew says, Jesus, we went through the crowd. We found all the food we can come up with is this, this little lunch. And there's no way. For us to feed all these people with this little. So option three is to share a little boy's luncheon. Jesus gives him the problem. They discuss it and they come to Jesus and they basically say, it's impossible. There's no way for us to do this. So we have to send them home. We have to let them go because there's no way for us to take care of this. They see the need. They see their resources and they think there's no way this is going to happen. You ever been there? You ever had a need and you looked at your ability to fill the need? So can said, this, this isn't going to happen. There's no way I can do this. There's no way this is going to come through. The great truth we see here is that our inability sets the stage for Jesus to manifest his power in our lives. All of us have, have been entrusted with resources. Your resources may be, may be financial. Maybe God's given you finances to, 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 as a resource. Maybe he's given you extra time. Maybe he's given you wisdom or possessions or influence or a job or education or skills. But whatever you have, whether you have a lot of resources or you have small resources, God is not limited by the size of your resources. God can do great things with anything we are willing to bring to him. His power, his wisdom, his perspective, and his ability go far beyond what we think possible. The activity of God is not limited by our resources. But the second truth we see here, not only is God's activity not limited by our resources, but number two, God's activity is linked to my resources. His activity is not limited by what I have, but it is linked to what I'm willing to give. The disciples give Jesus this, this happy meal and he gives them the instructions. Make everybody sit down. Then Jesus performed an incredible miracle but he did it with the little boy's lunch. Now let's, let's be honest here. This is God in the flesh. He didn't need that little boy's lunch. He could have said, make everybody sit down and God give them all bread and everybody's got their own steak dinner in front of them. He didn't need this little boy's lunch. He didn't need anything. He could have fed them with nothing. And that would have been an incredible miracle, man. We'd be preaching about that for, like we are for centuries. But he, he, he is, uses, he blesses according to what we are willing to give to him. So there's a lot that we can learn from this little boy. First thing we notice about this little boy, he was insignificant in society. He was ignored and overlooked. The Bible says he had barley bread. Barley bread was the cheapest bread you could get at the time. It was the bread of the poor. It wasn't sunbeam. He wasn't, he wasn't eating the good stuff. He was eating the 69-cent the, the Kroger brand that's three days old stale bread. He was a poor boy. His parents weren't there. He's probably an orphan. He is an insignificant, overlooked boy boy. In society, this is just a poor boy who had a little lunch that happened to be hanging out in the crowd. He was insignificant. And his supply was insufficient. When the disciples came and told him that they had all that, all that they had was this little boy's lunch, they thought they had failed. They said, Jesus, we, we, we've done everything we can, we've looked around. All we have is five barley loaves of bread, a few small fish. That can't, that's not sufficient, God. There's nothing we can do with what we've got. They thought they had failed. There was no way that this small lunch could do anything. James Montgomery Boy said this. He goes, The point of the story is that the insufficient from the hands of the insignificant become sufficient and significant when placed in the hands of Jesus. See, Jesus chose to use a boy we could all relate to. You know, not all of us can relate to heaven more than we need. Some of, some of us, some of us have been, God has blessed us and we, we got more. than Now, honestly, if we're honest, we all have more than we need. How many of y'all have an extra pair of clothes at the house? Yeah, you're not wearing your only set. You got more. You only need one. You only need one pair, but you, God's given you more. How many, we, we've got enough food for today, tomorrow? So most of us, or we've got, we've got enough. We've got probably more than we need. But most of us can't relate to having just an abundance. But we can all relate to having our resources feeling like they're not enough feeling like, because if we're also honest, most of us, we probably live paycheck to paycheck. And probably thank God, I'd, I'd love to give more to missions. I'd love to give more to the Awana. I'd love to help with the building fund. But God, I just, I just, I don't have enough. We can all relate to that. We can all relate to feeling like our funds, our resources are insufficient. So how did this boy have the courage to speak up? He was listening to Andrew talk, and he saw about the need, and he was looking at his lunch. And despite the little that he had, he was willing to give it to Jesus. If I were to ask you what resources you have to give, what would you think you had? Well, that's my. We always we always go to money. Well, I don't have enough money in my bank account. We have time to give to people. We have love to give to people, we have resources, we have, suppl- we, have, we have all kinds of things that if we give it to God, God can take it and use it for His honor and for His glory. You may think that you are ordinary and insignificant, and that's the beauty of the challenge from this little boy. No matter how ordinary we feel or insignificant we feel, we are to bring what we have to God and lay it at His feet and allow Him to take what we bring Him and make it significant and sufficient for His glory. William Barclay said this, It may be that the world is denied miracle after miracle and triumph after triumph because we will not bring to Christ what we have and what we are. We see that our our, our God's activity is, is linked to our resources. Third truth we see is God delights in our surrendered resources. So the disciples, they go and they have the people sit down, and Jesus takes this little lunch And he prays over it. Wouldn't you like to hear hear that prayer? Where Jesus prays, No, I mean, just imagine what he was thinking and how he was praying. You know he was excited because he knew, man, they have no idea what's going to happen. I'm going to blow their minds. So he was excited about what was going to happen, about knowing he was going to release his extraordinary power into their ordinary lives. also think that there was joy in his prayer because of the generosity of this little boy. The absolute surrender. Look, this little boy didn't have to give up his lunch. Or he could have eaten most of it and given the, he could have given the the, the crumbs to Andrew. He goes, you know, here's the crust. I didn't like the crust of my sandwich, or here's the crust of it. Or I ate most of the fish, here's the, the leftover part of it. Or hey, I've got five barley loaves and two small fish, I'll give you one loaf and one fish. He didn't have to give it all, but he did. And it was probably all he had. He's a poor orphan. He didn't have much, but he gave everything he had to God. How do you hold your resources? This little boy didn't have much, but what little he had, he eagerly gave to God to be used by Jesus. He lives loosely with what is in his hands. You know, and if we're honest, myself included, there's a lot of days I give God the leftovers. Here's what's left of my time, Lord. I'm tired. I got a lot of stuff to do today. I gotta, gotta take care of my own stuff. Gotta take care of my own duties. I gotta mow the grass. Gotta, gotta you know do all these other things, Lord. Lord, I'll give you a little bit of time today. Well, Lord, you know I gotta I pay my own bills. Bible says if you don't take care of your own family, you're an infidel, Lord. I gotta pay my bills. Gotta, you know take care. Gotta give my, gotta do the cell phone bill and the cable bill and all this. Lord, I gotta do all this and whatever I got left, God, then I'll give to you. This little boy said, God, I don't have much but everything I have is yours. You know, I don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us, but imagine this little boy took a couple baskets home with him. He gave five loaves and two fishes and they had 12 baskets left over. I bet you he had a couple baskets going home. Smiling the whole way, thinking, man, look what God has given me because I gave him. And that's the way God, that's the way God is. We give him whatever little, as long as we are willing to, just, Lord, Lord, I don't have much, but it's all yours. God takes what little we give Uses it to bless thousands and then takes care of us in the process. But we have to live loosely with what we have. This boy was willing to give it all to God. He gave Jesus the best he had. Now, the principle is not that God delights in resources, God doesn't need our resources. God owns, the, he owns everything. The Bible says he has a cat on a thousand hills. He has the gold in every mind. Everything is God's anyway. He doesn't need our resources. He delights in our surrendered resources because it's about our heart, not what's in our hands. He doesn't care what's in our hands. He cares about the heart that's willing to say, God, it's all yours. You take it and use it anyway. He delights in our surrendered resources. And finally, the last thing we see here is God will accomplish more than I thought possible with my surrendered resources. When this boy left wherever he stayed that morning, if his house or maybe the street, wherever he lives, when he left that morning to go listen to Jesus with his little lunch in his hand, he never thought God's going to use this to do an incredible miracle today. He didn't leave his house and say, well, let me me pack some barley loaves and some fish because Jesus is going to need it. He's going to do an incredible thing. He had no idea that God would need him that day. But Jesus used this small lunch to bless thousands. And that's how it works in God's economy. We can invest a little and God uses it to impact a lot. God will accomplish more with what we are willing to give to him than we ever thought possible. God will accomplish more with what we are willing to surrender to Him than we could ever imagine. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says this, So now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. When it comes to our resources, God is able to do more with less than we ever thought possible. So before we got to the text this evening, I ask you a question. Are you willing to surrender? everything you have to God and trust him with the outcome I don't know the resources that God has placed in your hands tonight I don't know the resources he's placed on your heart but I know that God can use them to bless thousands of people with what we're willing to surrender to him so I challenge you tonight to learn from the surrender of this little boy and the generosity of this little boy I challenge you to trust God with whatever he laid on your heart and trust Him with the outcome. Allow God to use you to do an incredible miracle for someone. Let's pray. Heavenly Father,